Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoy. I'm Danny Feimster. And Anthony Roquet is out today. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll talk about a worldwide shortage of electronic components and how it may affect the manufacture and global supply of two-way radios. We'll also take some of your comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by buytwowayradios.com the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. BuyTwoWayRadios.com, your radio specialists. The year 2020 was a tumultuous one, primarily due to the worldwide pandemic of the virus known as COVID-19. It took down a lot of businesses and hurt a lot of industries worldwide, including tech industries. At the same time, there was a significant uptick in demand for tech products. This high demand for tech in the face of limited supplies affecting everything from cars to cameras, game consoles, cell phones, and, of course, two-way radios. Will we be facing a shortage of radios in 2021? Rick, I think we are facing a shortage of radios in 2021. It's it's 2021 and a, a shortage of radios is here. Um, I guess the question is what what are we going to do about it? What are people's options? What's the cause of this radio shortage? What are some other ripple effects that we're going to have related to this radio shortage? We've we've got uh, a broad topic on our hands today. There's a, a lot mm-hmm. to discuss here, and uh, I think it's affecting us. It's affecting all of our. Um, competitors. It's affecting people that are looking to buy radios. It's a a strange time in the radio world. It is indeed. It is indeed. Well, let's uh, take a look real quick at the causes of these shortages. What? Why are we facing this? Well, I don't think that there's a single clear answer for why we're facing this. I think that it's sort of like a a perfect storm of Mm -hmm. Things that all came together to collide, and that has led to the the situation that that we see starting uh, now, or maybe going back over the last couple of months. Uh, COVID nineteen, I think, is is ground zero. I think that's the the primary cause. But even that is is um, you know that that's so nonspecific. You know, what about COVID nineteen caused this? Well, you, you have um, workers that aren't going to work. You have factories that are shut down, not producing um, what they would normally have been producing. At the same time, you have a massive number of workers that have moved home, and that caused a demand for a lot of electronics. Uh, people were upgrading computers. People were buying new tablets. People were buying new webcams and preparing to to Zoom from home and 
setting up their home office. So basically um, what, what we were looking at here is a situation where a lot of manufacturers, because of the economic situation and because a lot of people were out of work, manufacturers were cutting back on the production of a lot of these things. And then, and then right after that, you had this huge demand, this huge surge in demand for the products that they were that they were uh, cutting back production on, and then they're finding themselves in a situation, in a quandary of, wow, we need to ramp up production again. We weren't really, you know, that's a little unexpected right. there. And what happens is you also have, uh, when these factories come back online, they're they're instantly at max capacity. You know, they're mm-hmm. running 24 hours a day or as um, often as the number of employees that they are able to get uh, allow them to run. Mm-hmm. They're cranking out as much as possible. And I think a lot of them don't view this as a long-term problem. So their option is to keep going at maximum capacity or expand capacity or, or build a new factory. And that is that's requires a massive amount of capital. And most and of them think that this is yeah, most most Long of them time, think that yeah. this is a short-term problem, so they're not willing to invest the capital that it would take to expand production. Um, mm-hmm. So w- what we are going to have as a result of that are shortages and higher prices. Mm-hmm. But then we had um, something else that happened, uh, not – well, it was towards the end of the year, not well, – what was it, around October of 2020, that really set – everything back as far as manufacturing is concerned. Yeah, this uh, there was a fire at a um, semiconductor plant in Japan. And um, this plant made processors or um, integrated circuits, some kind of chips that are used in a lot of two-way radios specifically. Um, a lot of devices, but two-way radio, a lot of two-way radios also specifically use chips made by this Plant. So this was the Asahi Kasai Micro Devices Corporation, or, or what's known as the AKM Semiconductor Plant. And this was in uh, Nobioka, Miyazaki, Japan. Now, this fire started, th- this is the thing about that fire. This was not just a little fire, this was a massive fire. And it started um, on October 20th, on a Tuesday, and it took them. Three days or so to put this thing out. They they didn't get it put out till October twenty fourth, and it all but destroyed the plant. It literally just destroyed the plant. Yeah, this company has to completely rebuild, and it's going to take years before mm-hmm. they're back online. But uh, what what I don't know th- this fire at this plant is. Uh, a topic I'm pretty familiar with just because I know there are two-way radio manufacturers that were buying chips from that plant and it has impacted um, production and supply of some some individual radios that I'm aware of. But what I don't know is, is this a large plant? Did, is this a, did this fire have a huge ripple effect that um, sort of contributed to the overall semiconductor shortage that we're seeing? Or is this maybe more important to me because I'm familiar with the radio manufacturers? Does that make sense? 
Yeah, well, I did quite a bit of research on it too, and I checked with a lot of other different manufacturers of various products and other. Then, you know, of course, I'm, you know, I keep up with what goes on in the audio industry and the video industry because, you know, those are areas that I have a lot of background in, and audio and video production and things like that. Um, this affected pretty much everything across the board as far as. Uh, the manufacture of consumer electronic products to concern some professional products. I mean, what this this company uh, did, does, <laughs> it did until the fire, is AKM. They manufacture these semiconductors, and they were semiconductors for audio, video, and communications products. And this includes... This includes something called a temperature compensated crystal oscillator or TCXO oscillator. And basically, that's a crystal. And a lot of these devices run on these crystals. Some of it's used for, for timing um, in a lot of these products, and but it's used for, for other items as well. Now, they're used in wireless communication devices, you know, things like Wi-Fi devices. Uh, we're, we're talking things like routers and, and computers and and cell phones, that sort of thing. There are also some other oscillators that they produce as well. And these were basically... Now, I understand that they had some stock that was still left that was already produced that they still had a little bit of that they were able to distribute, but that uh, they weren't able to make any more. And they probably aren't going to be able to make any more for quite a while because this this plant was pretty much wiped out. Now, these components affect a lot of consumer products, video cameras, uh, cars, cell phones, I mentioned routers, TVs, things like that, and of course, radios, two-way radios. It covers a pretty wide range, covers a very wide range of products globally. So this was pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, so we have COVID nineteen. We have the the semiconductor uh, plant fire. Um, that's a couple of direct causes to to the mm -hmm. shortage. Um, I don't know which one's more important than the other. I, I, I'm not sure. I would guess COVID is probably a larger cause. Mm -hmm. Like there, we're seeing shortages of um, radios that are made entirely in China, such as the Ocean products. That we're having trouble getting, and that that uh, is um, directly related to component shortages, and and you know they're only able to get a certain number of, of components in stock. So um, I don't think they were. I mean, they're not buying semiconductors from Japan from this factory, but I guess perhaps it is. You know, other manufacturers that were buying from AKM. Now have to source components from other places that may um, then cause Chinese manufacturers to not be able to, to find these components. Well, I'm speculating a little bit here, but I do know that AKM sure. has had to outsource a lot of their production after the fire to other companies that can handle some of it. And those other companies, well, of course, they're handling those, those orders now and uh, – some of them are probably directly or indirectly supplying uh, these other companies, these other manufacturers, maybe in China and, and other places, with the components now, instead of uh, you know, instead of AKM directly. I don't know. Yeah. So, so things like that could cause this type of ripple effect that that mm -hmm. we mentioned before. 
uh, where uh, maybe a manufacturer would be completely fine, but because now all their supply is getting eaten up by this company that would have been buying from AKM, um, now a different company is unable to find components. Yeah, they're all having to pick up the slack, I guess. Yeah, so we are starting to see over the last couple of months radios be out of stock and the uh, amount of time that they're going to be back ordered seems mm -hmm. to be lengthening. And I honestly don't think this is going to get any better this year. I think it's going to get worse as what's happening is one SKU will go out of stock and then people that will be buying that SKU are going to move to a different SKU, putting demand pressure on the other SKU. Then it'll go and, out of stock at some point. Exactly. And, and, and it's a domino well, effect there. And what you're seeing at the same time are price increases. That has mm -hmm. not happened yet with two-way radios, but we've already gotten the word from manufacturers that price increases are coming very, very soon. So do not be surprised when you see uh, prices go up. And now, what is the cause of the price increases? Um, number one, you can imagine that if you're selling components – and you've got a lot more demand for your components, those prices are going to go up because component manufacturers are able to charge more. Yeah, that just components. occurs naturally. Of course. And then as the cost to manufacture a radio, for example, goes up, manufacturers are going to raise the price to retailers like us, and then we're going to have to raise prices to end users, like I assume those that are listening to this podcast. So it's starting to work its way through the system. And I expect over the next 30 days, we're going to have to raise some prices. And probably over the next 90 days, we're going to have to raise a lot of prices. And these are not the kind of costs that you can just simply absorb because, I mean, it's, it's at some point you get to where, well, we can't afford to sell the radio and, and make a profit on it. We're losing money. And, and who's in the business of losing money? Uh, that's just <laughs> the way it works. Well, you know, from from my perspective, um, bringing in a lot of product from China, it's not just the the cost of the product that's gone up; it's transportation cost. Yeah, yeah. We're we're paying at least we're paying at least double what we paid this time last year to have. Well, maybe not this time last year because we were just getting into the COVID situation. But before COVID, uh, we were paying definitely half. And um, sometimes we're paying three times as much as normal now just to have product brought over. And we've absorbed a lot of those costs. And uh, it's it's not something that's sustainable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. I guess a lot of people probably are going to be asking the question, is, uh, is greed involved here? Do we have companies that are raising prices unnecessarily just – because the demand is higher. And you're probably going to see some of that too. It would not surprise me if I'm a, a radio manufacturer or even a, a retailer and there's a product I can't keep in stock or I can't get enough of, it would not surprise me if you see manufacturers and retailers raising the price just because demand is so high and they know they can get more for it. Mm-hmm. Supply and demand. I mean, that's the way it works. But is it really greed or is it a matter of a, a um, market correction? 
more or less, to help keep the market for the product stable. I mean, you could argue both. And I'm, I'm not saying it isn't greed. I'm just saying, you could, you know, looking at it from both sides. Right. I'm sure it, an economist is going to say, is going to take your side on this and say, look, this this is um, the market stabilizing. If, mm-hmm. if, for example, if I'm selling a radio at the same price that I sold it for two years ago, when the cost to manufacture it have gone up and all the competing products have gone up in price, now everybody's going to want that radio and it's going to sell out instantly or it's going to sell out very quickly. So I guess an economist would say that it makes sense to raise the price so that supply stabilizes. Um, but I mean, I don't think at this point you're going to be able to raise the price enough to, to stabilize supply. It would, it would be shocking what you would have to do. Yeah. So, I mean, will there be a shortage of radios and, 2021 across the board. I think it's really ha- it's happening now. Actually, it's it, in some areas we've we've seen it start to happen in, in some areas. Um, I think it's more a question of how how long will the current shortage last? Then will there be a shortage? I think we've got a shortage. I think it's will it get worse, and how long will it last? Because mm-hmm. I mean, this what, affects what this affects everybody. This affects manufacturers. Across the industry, and, and some more than others, you know, some of them it's going to affect more than others, but it's pretty much going to affect everybody. Yeah, and, and you know, we're looking at this from a radio uh, retailer's point of view, but mm-hmm. I think consumers are going to have to deal with this across many, many industries over the next year. Based on what I'm seeing, I think we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg here, and this is going to to get worse. And so, it's not going to be – it's not just radios. It's going to be other things. Other things. A lot of other things. You know, those big screen TVs and things like that. <laughs> yeah, if you're an audiophile and and uh, the new, uh, a new audio system you want to get, uh, yeah, it's, the price are going to go up on all that stuff. Cell phones, uh, I think we're already seeing that happen. With cell phones, I you know I went shopping for a cell phone. My wife um, not long ago we were shopping around because we need new phones now, and uh, it's just the the prices on cell phones are just unbelievable these days. Just unbelievable. And I told her I said I can't I can't see myself spending over a thousand thousand dollars or more for a cell phone. Uh, you know, no matter what it does, it I just can't see myself spending. A ton of money on a cell phone like that, and or putting myself into debt for for a cell phone that is going to be obsolete in another year or two. But I mean, I I don't see any other way around that in the market. I think that's pretty much what we're going to be seeing more of. Remember, just a couple of years ago, when Apple came out with the uh, iPhone ten, I believe it was, mm-hmm. and it was the first. Um, Cell phone that sold for over a thousand dollars. I remember yep. it making headlines as being the first cell phone that was selling for over a thousand dollars. And it, that's if you're buying a flagship phone from any of the manufacturers now, I think that's that's base price. <laughs> base yeah. price now. Base price. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I haven't shopped for a, a cell phone in a while, but I, I'm sure you're right about that. I, I, I'm still using it. Uh, what am I using? A Google Pixel Four. But I'm I'm kind of weird. I use my phone for phone stuff, not really for smartphone stuff. That's that's what I do. So I especially can't see myself spending, 
you know, over $1,000 or $1,500, whatever they are now for a, a brand new Samsung when basically most of the calls I'm getting are from, from telemarketers and spammers. I just don't see myself, you know, right, right. maybe it makes more sense to get rid of the phone altogether because, uh, you know, I, I don't have to deal with the spammers all day. I don't have to deal with the, the robocallers. You know, well, my, it, so. I usually replace my phone uh, whenever it breaks, which is, you know, every couple of years usually because I, I, I'm kind of weird. I don't put a case on my phone at all. I don't ever use a case. So usually some tragic event happens every couple of years. <laughs> I end up having to, to replace it. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, so we're looking at uh, some I mean, as far as the radio is concerned. There are some model series that probably aren't going to be affected too much at all. And I'm guessing that's usually going to be a lot of the radios that aren't in as high a demand as other models are. And that they have plenty of them in the warehouses and there are plenty of them in the manufacturer's holding facilities and all that kind of stuff. Something they already have plenty of of parts for uh, that's just my guess but i'm i'm thinking that's that's probably where it's going to go a lot of those radios are probably still going to be fine but the ones that are in high demand are the ones that well those are the ones that are really going to be affected and then there may be some radios down the road that there might be a point in time where they just don't come back i think that uh, and this is pure speculation here but i think that your very large manufacturers, the, the ones that everybody has heard of, they're going to be okay for longer than anybody else because those guys plan ahead and they've given the supplier their order for exactly how many components they're going to need. You know, they gave them that order a year and a half ago and they're still getting components that they ordered a, a long time ago and paid for and it is there's nothing new going on there well they can What's order gonna, them in larger quantity and they can they can store a lot more of their products uh for a skew or something and at a time they can handle i don't that. know how much warehousing is going on but i think there there is a lot of preparation yeah. that goes on and preparation is is going to be good now where where they're going to be in trouble is they also plan for selling a certain number. Like if you plan on selling, uh, making up numbers here, but if you plan on selling a thousand radios and now all of a sudden your demand is 2000 radios because all of your competitors are out of stock, that's where you may have pro yeah. problems. But I think yep. that they're going to be the last ones affected. Also the products that I think, uh, are going to be better off are the ones that are easier to make. And that is the the radios that that use the radio on a chip type technology? <laughs> what I call the, the roach. Uh, I, I want to make sure I got that in. I the, call them roach. Uh, the roach. I call them I roach like radios. Radio on a chip. Roach radios, and they're like little roaches. Some of them are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they Sorry, never die. They, they the UV five R. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, those types of radios are they're just simpler to make. There's less components involved. When you're using um, one chip for all of your radio, now if RDA runs out of that chip, and if we have a problem with our RDA making that chip, then it's going to be a vast problem. Mm -hmm. But um, I haven't seen really any 
supply issues regarding that that RDA circuit. Um, so I think that those radios, just because they're simpler to make, there's less components involved, you're you're going to see those um, stick around. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree with you on that. Which is absolutely fine. Look, people give those radios a hard time, but you know there's a place for them. They brought a lot of new people into the ham radio hobby. Uh, now there's some GMRS radios that that are radio on a chip um, radios, and they're inexpensive. They're they make the hobby accessible, so I can't mm-hmm. complain. And if you're you know. A super high end name brand radio is out of stock because of a, a pandemic or a, a factory fire or something. You can always get some UV five R's and they'll get you through in a pinch. <laughs> isn't isn't that the way it works though? You know, a disaster happens and and the it's the old saying that if there's a disaster or a nuclear war or something like that, the the survivors will basically be the roaches. <laughs> I think that's a good place to end this, this topic. Uh, <laughs> Roach radios, I like that. Um, <laughs> okay, so yeah. what it comes down to is this. There's no doubt there are going to be some shortages, and they're happening now. The question is, how long will it last? Will it get worse before it gets better? And... Well, you know, what will the recovery be like? And the end, I think in the end here, we really don't know. I mean, we we know that it's pretty much across the board. And nearly all the manufacturers, the dealers, the resellers, and the uh, the markets will likely experience these shortages to some degree, some more than others. But how long it will last, we, we really don't know. It's just un, it's an unknown variable. So, you know, it could be... You know, in the case of that that factory, they're saying it could be a year or more before that that factory is is yeah, back online in production. So just just for that factory, so who knows how long this will last? Well, probably more. I mean, it's not easy to build a semiconductor factory. No, no, it can take. They say for some places that uh, involve clean rooms and things like that, uh, it can take up to ten years to build uh, to design and build a structure for that. So, and I'm not saying it's going to happen in this case, but uh, yeah, it could, could take a while. Uh, one other thing that uh, I'm hearing is causing the shortage that we're seeing is uh, the U.S.-China trade policy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know specifically what about our trade policies are causing the, the issue, but that's definitely something that I've heard from Chinese manufacturers as being a contributing factor. Um, mm-hmm. I've looked into more specifics uh, about what could, what policy related could be causing this, and I'm just not sure. So that's something else to keep an eye on. A lot of variables involved there. So once again, it's a wild card. We we really don't know. All I can say is uh, just hang on tight and do the best. Uh, you know, <laughs> we just have to deal with it, it the best we can. And if you know what's causing this shortage, let us know. Comment. Yes. Um, send us an email. Put a comment on the, the blog post. Let us know. We're curious to hear your thoughts on this. Um, obviously, we're 
uh, we're not economists. I'm not an economist. Rick thinks he's an economist. He's, I don't. He had some some good insight earlier. <laughs> uh, economists would have been proud of, but don't we don't don't take my advice. Like, <laughs> certainly, there are some better economists in the audience than uh, than us. So please let us know what you think. We're we're just speculating here. It's what we do best. Um, so. Uh, we can provide a little insight on here, but it's, this is really an economic issue, don't you think, Rick? Yeah, I, I agree. And once again, I'm not, as Danny said, I'm not an, an economist. In don't lie, Rick. You, 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 <laughs> you had the price info earlier. Well, what, uh, what, no, I'm not going there. All right, well, uh, we have a couple of comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. The first one comes from Safe Taco. And Safe Taco wants to know, does the Dakota Alert M538HT MERS handheld have the ability to scan the MERS channels? I have a need to try to monitor three channels, and that's from Safe Taco. Uh, I can answer this one real quick. Um, no, it doesn't have a scan feature. It's That that radio, the Dakota Alert radio, is really primarily designed more for use on a, on a dedicated MERS channel as part of their, their base station and alert transmitter system, and uh, it's you know you can use it for general purpose MERS operations, but it's really kind of designed more to fit in with that that uh, system. So the the users generally don't anticipate scanning different channels. It usually stays on one channel, so it, it really doesn't have one. However, however, uh, we do have other MERS radios that do. And, and one in particular is the Ocean KG805M MERS radio. And it does have a scan feature and includes a number of scan options. Now, it also has additional features that are not found in some of the other portable MERS radios, which puts it firmly on par with many expensive business band radios, um, like the uh, customizable channels, the ability to customize the channel names, and the ability to program NOAA weather channels into the radio. And it's also currently $5 less than the Dakota Alert radio. And if you use promo code SHOW at checkout, when you order a KG805M radio, you can save 5% off your order. Good call. Yeah. So it might be, it might be one to consider. It might also be one that's not available uh, for a long time. Yeah, after, well, that's uh, true. Yeah, buy them now. Uh, buy them while you yeah, can. Get, get them while you can. Get them while they're hot. <laughs> get, get them before they're hot. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you want to do in this climate. All right, um, we have one other one, and this is from Edward. And Edward's responding to episode uh, one twenty six. We talked about the Baofeng UV five R V two plus cited by the FCC. Uh, you know, as far as it being legal or not for use. And uh, Edward says, I have a ham ticket and a GMRS license, and I feel I should have one radio to cover what I am licensed for. Can you imagine how you would feel if you were hiking and hear some kids on FRS radio in trouble and couldn't offer assistance simply because your ham radio will only monitor FRS and GMRS channels? 
If you could hear them, that would mean that they were nearby due to the low power limits. That would be my wife, daughter, or son in trouble. Just to hear someone's voice knowing you made contact will bring stress levels down and will have a calming effect on the person or people in trouble. Maybe the FCC should revisit that rule. If I provide proof that I am licensed, my radio should be able to transmit on those frequencies. I don't understand it, but the rules are the rules, regardless of how I feel about it. And that's from Edward. Look, I understand Edward's frustration there. I mean, unfortunately, the FCC seems to be moving in the opposite direction. Dual service radios used to be allowed. We used to have, um, used to be able to get approved a Marine slash GMRS or FRS radio. Um, can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be very common to see ham radios that were sold, mainly import ham radios that were sold unlocked so you could do anything you wanted uh, on frequencies outside of the ham band. But you're seeing that less and less because of things like we talked about in in that episode where that's not legal from the FCC. So even these import manufacturers are starting to be afraid that a crackdown is coming. So most of the radios that I've seen anyway uh, that are imported from China now are locked are locked down to just ham frequencies, and that's that's the way it should be according to the FCC. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got one more question. This is from this is from Don, and he's asking about the KG nine hundred five G, and he wants to know: Will the nine hundred five radio and software allow ham channels to be added for both transmit and receive on added channels. I am a licensed ham, and that's from Don. Uh, Don, it will not. That's very similar to the last question. Um, the 905G is a GMRS radio, and it will only allow transmitting on the GMRS frequencies. Now, it will allow receiving anywhere in the 400 to 470 or maybe 480 megahertz range, but um, you can only transmit on GMRS, and that that's mainly because of the FCC rules. Uh, Part 95 says if it's a GMRS radio, it can only transmit on uh, 30 um, GMRS frequencies. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess it does it for our comments and questions this week. Send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buy2wayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. You can subscribe to the two-way radio show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on Apple Podcasts, Blueberry.com, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and a lot of other places. Um, I'm not going to to, uh, relay at this moment because you can find it pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts. And uh, you can also get the latest episode of the two-way radio show in your inbox as soon as it's released. Just go to our website and click on the subscribe page. Click on the subscribe by email button. Put in your email address, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out. The latest episode of the two-way radio show as soon as it comes out. And uh, that's uh, that's all we're going to do with your, your email on that one, okay? So, so it's safe with us. Um, well, I guess it does it for this episode of the show. Uh, before we go, any final comment? I think we got it. All right. Well, today's show is sponsored by buy 2 Radios.com. 
Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, Buy Two-Way Radios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buytwoayradios.com. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening. And until next time for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoya. And I'm Danny Feemster. And we're out.